1: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
2: Thanks for listening to the best of the Ben Maller Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And to find your local station for the Ben Maller Show at foxsportsradio.com. You can find it there or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
5: This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Donovan Mitchell. I remember Donovan Mitchell. I remember him, yeah. Yeah, He falls in the cracks playing in Salt Lake City, but Donovan Mitchell coming up and waking up in the, the night in the NBA, the Houston Rockets, they actually dropped the broom they were holding the broom they were ready to sweep away the Utah Jazz and they dropped the broom and they couldn't pick it up in time and the uh, Jazz I assume you watched the game maybe not the Jazz went 107 to 91 led by Donovan Mitchell's 31 points but this game the game within the game in the fourth quarter the Rockets had the lead going to the fourth quarter And that is nine-tenths a victory. When you have the lead, you're in really good shape when you have the lead. And then they had to play the fourth quarter, and what the hell happened there? The Houdini Act for the Rockets. They scored 12 points in the fourth quarter, 12 of them, while the Utah Jazz put up 31. And that's the difference of the game is the Jazz win uh, by a wide margin. But the Houston Rockets' inability – to knock down three point shots uh, it is their bread and butter. And when you don't have your bread and you don't have your butter, you look miserable. You look disgusting. And that's what the Rockets look like in the first quarter. So, the question let's discuss here does this game say more about the Rockets or about the Jazz? Because you know, Houston was up 3 nothing. These these games where it's 3-0 going into the fourth game have very little buzz. There's very little excitement on these games, and the Rockets blew it. This says more about the Rockets than it says about the Jazz. I would be more impressed if the Jazz had played like this on the road because typically in the NBA, I've seen this over the years, and you've seen the same thing. You've watched the NBA long enough. If you're down three games to none and you're in the hole, if you're at home, you'll put up a fight, at least for part of the game. Even the Pistons, who ended up getting curb stomped, by the Milwaukee Bucks in the early game on the double headed card in the NBA. The Pistons came out, they had a 12-point lead. They were looking decent for the first half or so of the game. And then the problem is that halftime, they went and watched cartoons and they uh, they ate, they ate some candy or whatever and they came out and they they vomited all over the court. But so typically at home you play like that. The problem is when you go on the road. That's the that's the conundrum, right? That's the the speed bump when you go on the road. But this does say more about the Rockets than it does about the Jazz. Uh, My thoughts on this, you've got the yo-yo, the glitch, and the Bermuda Triangle. And we will combine all of these things together into a, uh, a nice package. And you can get the package. You can pick it up and take it home with you, have leftovers. Now, first of all, the Rockets, the team that I saw in that fourth quarter, was a reminder. Right? It is cooperation, it's confirmation of what we've ta- thought for a long time. The, the Rockets are never that far away from a malfunction. Now you can make the same argument about everyone, but the Rockets in particular, right The fourth quarter get in scored 31 to 12, shooting 20% as a team. In the fourth quarter. And, well, Chris Paul made three baskets. The rest of the Rockets had one basket, one for 16, anyone not named Chris Paul in the fourth quarter in this game. That is a scathing reminder of something a late NFL coach, guys, used to coach the Minnesota Vikings taught me when I was a little boy, Dennis Green. He used to preach this, right? They are who we thought they were. Right there, the Rockets.
3: They are who we thought they were. That's right. And we let them
2: off the hook. Yeah exactly well in this case the, the jazz who did let the rockets off the hook in the game over the weekend when james harden he he could not he he could have been on a boat on salt lake and he would not have been able to find water on the boat in salt lake that was how bad harden was in that in that particular game but in this in this situation here okay the rockets and the jazz this particular game it, it is reminiscent of some past Pratt Falls, the Rockets have had this era of Rockets basketball. The Rockets are like a yo-yo, right? Up and down, up and down. Who plays with a yo-yo anyway? Do they even still make yo-yos? Really? All right. But that's that's what the Rockets are, as a basketball team. Up and down, up and down. Now, secondly, uh, you do not have to be an NBA insider. You don't have to be woge or some woke NBA insider to know that there is a glitch in the Rockettes' plan of success, there is right, uh, and and I, I know when you you start a career, like you go to college or something like that, and you say people want to be in television or radio and stuff like that. Uh, I always tell people have a backup plan. No, I had no real backup plan. I didn't look at me now. But I tell people to have a backup plan because you know, these, these jobs are fleeting and the business is bizarre and it's crazy and stuff happens. It just blows you away. But you're supposed to have a backup plan. The Rockets don't have a backup plan. Right? All of their muscle, all of their will is in the three-point basket. And while I love the three-point basket, and I was a lethal outside shooter back in my day. All right? They called me Moneyball Maller. Back when I was playing basketball in the, in the pickup game, uh, Moneyball Mallory was my nickname. Because, I, again, I was deadly from the outside. But you got to do something more than that. And the Rockets, as we saw in the fourth quarter when they shot 0 of 13, they had nothing. They were over in the corner sucking their thumb while the Utah Jazz were playing basketball. And it was reminiscent of, I think it was game seven against Golden State. The number in my head is 27. Did not the Rockets lose? They missed 27 straight three-point shots against Golden State in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. Do you remember that? I remember that, the number 27. In this game, they missed their final 13 three-point shots. So let me give you some basketball 101. Why not? All right, basketball 101. It's very basic. Here are the ingredients. Uh, Here are the ingredients if you want to have a really good chance of beating the Rockets. That doesn't guarantee you're going to win every game, but here's the way you go about it. All right, first of all, you don't give James Harden 15 foul shots. The The Jazz did not uh, in this particular game. Now, Harden got 30 points for the Jazz. He got 30 points on 19 shots, but he only took 8 foul shots. And if you can keep James Harden around 10 foul shots, because he, he touches the ball so much, he's got his you know, hands-on balls, as Kobe Bryant used to say and Phil Jackson back in the day, that... My lover of balls. He's going to get to a certain arbitrary number of points just because of volume. Just because of volume. But you don't give him the freebies. You don't give him the bunnies. You don't give Harden the bunnies. Uh, obviously play some perimeter defense and force the Rockets to do things they don't want to do. Like, you know, go that mid-range game. Make them uncomfortable, which is what you always try to do. Uh, and the Rockets will fly off the handle is what they will do. Now, the final... Word on this does this mean in any way that the Utah Jazz are going to come back and win the series? Uh, it does not mean that. However, however, if you want to get to uh, TTF Tight his Syndrome, all right, uh, uh, or that T- that would be TTS uh, Tight Tooka Syndrome. The the way you do it, all right, it's very simple. The way you do it is you the, the Jazz go into Houston and win and force a Game Six because then the pendulum of pressure shifts back to the Rockets because they don't want to have to, you know, go to a single game, Game Seven situation and all that. So so it's it certainly should be over. And you figure the jazz, once the Rockets go on a run at home and they can't play the same way in Houston, the jazz that they played at home, uh, that the the Rockets will win. But you look ahead to the Warriors and while they still have their work cut out for them, trying to grit it out against the Clippers. And that is not a gimme. That is not a gimme on Wednesday night in Game five by any means anyone knows basketball knows that uh, but the Warriors certainly should not be sweating about the Rockets right there's this is not the I, reading some of these things on on blogs, the NBA mainstream media wants you to to think that the Rockets are like the Bermuda triangle for the Warriors and that there's a lot of angst in in Oakland about the the Rockets. I just don't see it that way. I don't. I don't see this as some kind of pending death trap that the Warriors are going into a buzzsaw should they match up with the Rockets, which is what many have preordained is going to happen in the NBA playoffs. I I just don't see it at all. There's one other interesting thing here that is uh, inside basketball. It's inside basketball, and that involves Quinn Snyder medicine man doing something which is very unorthodox, and it is outside the norms of professional basketball because if you saw the game, you noticed a very important player, some would say the entire franchise of the Utah Jazz was essentially handcuffed to the bench in the fourth quarter. Rudy Gobert, he only played two minutes in the fourth quarter. And what the Jazz did, if you saw this, Derek Favors – who had also been in the Witness Protection Program. Derek Favors, not only did he play while he was out there, the Jazz did most of their heavy lifting. He was playing in the middle, and, and now here, here comes the ultimate the ultimate quagmire for an NBA coach. So the, the Utah Jazz had this great run of success with Derek Favors in there and Rudy Gobert on the bench. So, the next game, don't you have to bench Rudy Gobert and put Derek Favors until the Rockets adjust? don't Isn't that the move? You've got to put Gobert on the bench and, and give Derek Favors playing time because the Rockets were, they were hornswoggled by Derek Favors and his uh, giving a, a different look. Like, Rudy Gobert, much like Andre Drummond or uh, DeAndre Jordan from the, the Clippers of uh, the last couple of years is now at the Knicks, but... Uh, very uh, cerebral, uh, cerebral uh, moves. Very slowly, uh, old school kind of center. Anyway, uh, let's hear from some of the key participants here. Uh, how about Mike D'Antoni pointing out he was asked about the Rockets bench, who only had one guy. Austin Rivers was the only guy on the Rockets bench to score. Uh, here's D'Antoni addressing what the hell happened there.
6: Coach, can you talk about only getting five points from your bench uh, tonight?
2: Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> Analytically, I think I will have to look at the numbers, but I don't think that's good. No, this didn't. You know, we need a little extra, and uh, when you a closeout game on the road, you know, as well, the guys got to step up and didn't do it. But I like D'Antoni. Uh I like, I do like Mike D'Antoni. He's a good soundbite. He's a good soundbite. Uh, here's more from uh, D'Antoni pointing out the obvious Komoto dragon in the room. There was opportunity knocking, and the Rockets did not answer the door. I think we'll be fine. I, you know, ours is tied a little bit on the uh, defensive end, and uh, and we were, we were okay until the last quarter. We was just awful at the end, and uh, they had a, more of a desperation than we had. You know, when you're up 3-0, it's not right. I mean, you should play every game the way you should play it, but, you know, they're human. We're human, and uh, I, I thought that we didn't come out focused, and then we did get focused, and then we lost it again, and at the end, maybe a little tiredness, maybe a little this, a little that, and they just beat us. <laughs> Little this, little that. You know, we weren't focused. Isn't that like the main gig? Like you can't play if you're the coach of the team. Am I wrong in this? I know I'm not. I didn't play in the NBA, but if you're coaching, you can't actually get out there and play. So, isn't your job to be like Tony Robbins, some kind of motivational speaker? Isn't that your gig? All right. Uh, here's uh, James Harden. James Harden did very little, uh, very, very little in the fourth quarter. The, the turning point in the game, in the fourth quarter. Harden only took three shots. In the fourth quarter, and he was one of three. He had five points. The Rockets were outscored by 12 points with Harden on the court in the fourth quarter. And uh, here's Harden. Now he's been in these awkward situations before, so he knows what to say, right, James? Yes.
0: Yeah. So it's, uh, it's tough. I mean, well, no matter who tough, you're playing, yeah, yeah. and obviously this is one of the toughest places to play in the league. But on the other side, it's uh, it's an embarrassment. Like you don't want to get swept, and you know you want to you want to show that you have pride. And so those guys came out and, and give them credit. They play well. They fought hard and. They came away with a win, so um, we get an opportunity to go home and uh, and do what we're supposed
6: to do.
2: By the book. Harden by the book. Right there. It's, uh, paint by numbers. All right, let me be very choreographed here. I'm going to go to sportscliche.com. I'll say let's go to the winning locker room. Uh, team is winning here. Uh, what do you say? how about, No, they lost, so you got to go to the losing locker room. So when a team is losing, uh, what do you say? What do you, What do you say there? Uh, you know, circle the wagons, right? We'll get back on track. Not worried about it, right? You know, not out of it yet. No, no, they still have to win three more games, right? There you go. All right, now here's one more. Uh, Chris Paul. I remember when Chris Paul was good. That's how old I am. I remember when he was good with the Clippers back in the day. But here's here's Chris Paul, who again addressing the fact that the Rockets little too top heavy. That bench not very good. What the hell happened?
5: Fix. It's, ain't nothing wrong.
6: It's a game. It's, it's a, game. a game, and a it's lot a of times I'm, I'm, I'm in charge of the second unit. You know what I mean? So we'll bounce back. Uh, this game was what it was. We go back to Houston, and, uh, you know, that that's our home floor. So we'll, we'll be ready to play, everybody.
2: I didn't realize that. Did you know that was their home floor in Houston? I had no idea. I thought they played in, like, San Angelo, Texas or something. I had no idea. The Rockets' home floor is in Houston. Well, thank you, Captain Obvious, Chris Paul. I appreciate that. I, I don't know how I would have handled that. But that's, that's tremendous.
5: Yeah,
2: yeah that, that's that's great. All right, so the Ben Maller show on Fox. We're doing the full triple header Maller marathon, uh, and uh, so I'm in mid talk radio form. Uh, Chris in Houston says I give that monologue a one out of ten. He says shocking. He says just horrible. Uh, by the way, how's your Clippers? The Clippers are in good shape. They've got the Warriors feeling overconfident. And when the Warriors are overconfident, they don't play as hard, just like the Rockets don't play as hard. And so the Clippers are in a really good spot. We say hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas, Solid Gold, Garcia. Did you say triple header? Yes, Triple header. Well, did, okay, so Boston, did is, Boston is
4: the first uh, yeah, game, and then this I is did, the... Uh, what's
2: the third game? The, the second game was the New Zealand radio appearance oh, okay. on Radio Sport right. in Auckland, New Zealand, which proudly carries the Ben Maller show. Proudly carries our show oh, we love loud our, and our proud in New Zealand. to our friends, our Kiwis in uh, the, the land of... Hello, the, New Zealand. The All Blacks, yeah. which is their, their team, their national team, the All Blacks, yeah. uh, which is in Roberto New Racist. Plus New- the, the name of the team is called the All Racist. Blacks. That's the I didn't name the team. What can they be the All Whites? Well, that's their basketball. No, that's the, that's not their basketball. Well, uh-huh. There was a team called the All Whites, wasn't there? They had to get rid of that though. You can't have that. I think you had to get rid of that. So, but.
4: so you mentioned uh, Yo-Yo. Yo-yo, yeah. yeah. You, when's the last time you used a yo-yo? Well, when's the last time I
2: used a yo-yo? Yeah, when's the last time you I, used I mean, a yo-yo? I
4: many, many years ago. But I yeah. was at Disneyland this past Friday. Oh, ah, here we go. And in line Mr. for humble, a ride. Humble brag. That's not
2: bragging. It's yeah. pretty be, You're in pass. That's, that's a that's a that's an expensive thing. That's in, like,
4: in line like, for one of the rides. A kid was doing yo-yo tricks. Oh, really? Yeah. Was it cool? I mean, yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. he was he was? I look like maybe he's like twelve or something, and uh, he was busting oh, out all these old things. Old school, man. Very yeah, old school. Yeah. I mean, you think with iPhones and stuff, like all the kids when they wait in line to pass time, they're usually playing games or yeah, texting yeah. their friends. This kids going
2: going yo yo. When, when I when I use the yo yo line, I had the voice in my head who's like he's the guy's now a TV dentist, but the voice in my head is don't use your yo yo. That's outdated technology. Tell don't, me. don't say yo yo on the radio. I had this voice oh, in my head telling me to say that, but then I said it anyway. And uh, and, and, and,
4: what's your favorite yo yo trick?
2: Uh, I don't know. I was, I was, um, I used to hit myself in the face a lot with the yo- I tried, <laughs> I, I, I would try, that's my favorite trick, too. When you do that, uh, well, no, I, mean, I would try, the, I would try. You know, I'm from an age, Eddie, before when I was a kid, I didn't have the YouTube. Now I have the YouTube so I could And I the could, red get, tube. I would be a great yo-yo guy but but no my I would tried you know a couple different things and, and then I would I do the flip move with my wrist and then I eventually I'd just hit myself on the forehead or <laughs> Try to avoid. You can't the walk eye. the dog.
4: Well, yeah, walking the dog. Well, the, you try, the, I could
2: do the walk the dog. I could totally do the walk the dog. But I'm saying every once in a while you try the more advanced yo-yo tricks. Yeah. You'd hit yourself. The inertia. I think that's the <laughs> word. It would. It would hit yourself in the uh, in the uh, in the face. I like those. What about those those yo-yos that would light up? You put like a battery. Oh yeah, in them. those like, are awesome. Yeah, that was like a high high end item there. Yes. Yeah. Very high-end. You, you, you knew your family was well off <laughs> yeah, when they had the battery operated yo yo. That's
4: very true. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. <laughs> that Rich kids. We yeah. had the
2: cheap I had the cheap ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Anyway, so that's uh, that's the deal, anyway. I mentioned yo yo. I'm very excited about that. And uh, boy, how about this Luke Walton story, huh? What's going on Uh-oh. with that? Uh-huh. Was my source wrong instead of Magic? Was oh, it Luke
6: I, That's yeah, what that's, I was that's thinking. I thought, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. thought, too.
4: I was like, oh, maybe it was Luke I, uh, and not Magic. I guess, so.
2: I guess my source might have been incorrect about It's
6: the king's Magic. problem now. <laughs> that's what the Lakers said. <laughs> 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 How about the Lakers?
2: One of the most arrogant <laughs> statements. Well, so, it, it supposedly happened when he was there. with the
4: Warriors, though, right? He was yeah, an well, with the Warriors.
2: And, and this is – now, TMZ has the story, but supposedly Luke Walton – This was a woman who worked at the state run Lakers television network who left. And supposedly, people were like, Why would she leave? That's a great job. But now we know the rest of the story. Probably why she left. For people
4: who don't know, she's filed a civil lawsuit against Luke Walton. It's not a
2: So now the question, uh, though, in these sensitive times we live in, Eddie, in the Me Too era, can Sacramento continue to employ Luke Walton? How about that? Does Luke never coach a game for the Sacramento Kings? Does he keep the job? I would say it's not a guarantee that he ever coaches a game I think in Sacramento. The, the we'll see suit, how this comes Because out, it's I, a civil suit and not a criminal investigation, I think that yeah, helps his cause. You yeah. say that, but you know that there'll be people protesting ah! and saying, wait a minute here. This is the state capital of California. How could you employ this person? You know, and that, that's... Uh, it. Depends. W- will they push back? We, we saw what the Yankees and the Flyers did. and The first sign of protesting from a dead woman from 100 years ago, they folded, they took a saw and chopped down the Statue. so will Sacramento say, well, wait a minute, this is not a, you know 30 years ago or 100 years ago, this is like a couple years ago, so what are we going to do?
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
5: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we have summoned something from this board.
7: This is Uncanny USA.
1: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed.
7: (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change...
2: If you were to describe the Bucks Pistons series in one word, the word would be barbaric. Uh it was barbaric. Uh it was in the way Milwaukee uh, systematically took apart the Detroit Pistons. Uh, the Pistons looking like a bunch of peasants, country bumpkins in the NBA plus. Now they didn't get into the playoffs until the very end. Right? So they they fought it out with the Charlotte Hornets. But let me tell you something. They were given an opportunity, and they looked about as clueless as you could possibly look in a playoff environment. If you saw the game that was played last night, you know for about a half— Things were going pretty well. For about a half, the the Pistons were feeling pretty good about themselves. They had a lead at halftime, a six-point lead at halftime, and they had led by as many as 12 points in the first half. They were moving the ball around. Reggie Jackson, Mr. October, was getting it done for the Pistons. Uh, He was playing very well offensively, and he had 20 points in the first half. Man, he was all over the place. And and he said, well— there's no way that can continue, and sure enough, it didn't continue because in the second half, after Detroit built up a six-point lead, the Milwaukee Bucks went turbo time, and they were off to the races, outscoring the Pistons 71-42 to 42 in the second half, and very similar to what happened the previous games in this series, and so when it was all done... And you do all the arithmetic here, the Milwaukee Bucks, four games and out for the Pistons as the Bucks win one twenty-seven to one hundred four. Giannis Adentacumbo, forty one points, and it was an oil painting in the second half for Adentacumbo, as he had twenty-four of those points. After halftime, and Eric Bledsoe was running all over the place, getting layups, and it was a fine performance by Milwaukee. But the better story is in the losing locker room. The Bucks are on to play the Celtics. Fear the deer versus the green machine out of Boston. So that's the matchup. But the good thing about the NBA is that series will start in about two months. So we have plenty of time to look forward to that playoff matchup. So we might as well give a eulogy on the Detroit Pistons. Play taps for the Detroit Pistons here. Now, what do you make of what turned out to be a spiral of doom for Detroit basketball? Because that's exactly what it was. It was a spiral of doom. Now, my thoughts on this, you've got the Clown Prince, Omnipresent, and the Kiddie Pool. We will combine... All of these things together. Now, number one, the Detroit Pistons, from the very beginning of this series, were bedazzled, and they could not figure out how to slow down the Milwaukee Bucks. They did it for a half in this last game here. They did it for a half, but they were overall stupefied by how to defend the Greek freak and the overall speed the need for speed. That was the big take. We're watching this series. like the, It was like Milwaukee was playing and they were driving in the fast lane and the Pistons were driving a jalopy and they were in the slow lane. And that's how this was going, right? That's how this went down. And it's not a lack of toughness. I'm not going to peg that on the Pistons, but it is a lack of talent because the Pistons were overwhelmed. And they've got two big blue chip players and Blake Griffin – And Andre Drummond, more Andre Drummond in a minute. And Reggie Jackson's making a ton of money, too, as a point guard. And these guys, collectively, uh, they were the snail and the bucks were the the giant foot crushing the snail, uh, is what they uh, they were. The the Pistons played like a bunch of uh, cavemen, their style of basketball here. And they just could not keep up. They could not keep up with the Milwaukee Bucks, but rather than flog a dead horse, how about Andre Drummond? If there's one player that is going to be the poster boy for this particular series, right, the headliner who took a pratfall and fell off the cliff, it's Andre Drummond who was absolutely slaughtered as an individual player in this series. He is the clown prince of Detroit basketball. He was exposed in this matchup. And it's not like the Milwaukee Bucks have this dynamic, amazing center. Brooke Lopez stands out and shoots three-point shots. That's what Brooke Lopez does. That's his game. But yet, in this particular series, if you go by the plus-minus, Brooke Lopez had a plus-98, which means while he was on the court, the Bucks outscored the opponent by 98 points. Andre Drummond, when he was out there, the clown prince of the Pistons, How about minus 96? The Detroit Pistons in four games were outscored by almost 100 points with Andre Drummond on the court. That is the worst in the NBA playoffs. Watching Andre Drummond attempt to guard the Milwaukee players, it's root canal. And when he's on offense... He has no offensive game other than around the basket. Now, it w- seemingly works in the regular season. Drummond, we've talked about him a little bit over the last couple of weeks. We always pick Andre Drummond on our NBA pick 'em game, and because he's really good at getting rebounds. He puts up gaudy statistics during the regular season. And here in the playoffs, uh, big-time opportunity, and uh, he's out there on a canoe without a paddle uh, is what he's doing. It's just not a good a good situation. It's not even walking a tightrope. It's falling off the tightrope. Now, the second thing here, the other side, not to spend too much time on the Bucs because this is more about the Pistons, but Giannis Kumbo was the supernova. He was great. He was all-powerful, omnipresent in this particular series. And some are calling. I've read some of the stories that are out there that this is like a big breakthrough for the Bucs franchise. They hadn't won a series in almost 20 years. And ta-da, here they are, the Milwaukee bucks They won a playoff series. I don't feel that way. To me, the break, it's very clear here. The breakthrough, it's straightforward. Beat the Celtics, right? This was a series the Milwaukee Bucks, through all the mayhem of past Milwaukee Bucks teams and all the chaos and anarchy, this Milwaukee Bucks team was much better. Typically in the NBA, it's not exactly uh, programming the internet. Uh, if you have the better players, you're going to win most of the time. Right? There's very rarely a collapse. Every once in a while a team implodes and disintegrates and all that, but very rarely, right? And if you have all the sizzle, you're going to win. Uh, but the Pistons had all this sizzle and no steak. But as far as the Bucks are concerned, they checked all the boxes they were supposed to do. But the same thing I said about the Celtics in a previous show and how I don't give the Celtics much credit for beating Indiana because Indiana didn't have Victor Oladipo. I also do not give... The Milwaukee Bucks are a great, you know, great way to go, guys. I don't, they don't need that. They're supposed to beat the Pistons. They were an overwhelming favorite. They had home court. They did it. Congratulations. But as far as the Pistons are concerned, what this franchise is doing right now, they're not as bad as Sacramento, right? Sacramento's missed the playoffs 13 straight seasons, just hired a coach who's been sued for sexual assault. So things aren't going well for Sacramento. Uh, it's not that. But 14 consecutive playoff losses – that is the new standard bearer for the NBA. The Detroit Pistons have lost 14 straight playoff games. That is a new record. And the cool thing about this when you're in Detroit that that's not even the worst like the, the Pistons are like the, the gold standard compared to some of the other Detroit franchises. Like you do that you look at the, the the Lions haven't won a playoff game since what 1991. Barry Sanders, who's an old man, was playing for the Lions the last time they won. The the Red Wings used to be good, keyword there used to be and they fell apart. They haven't been very good and they I don't think they've done much of anything in the playoffs either. And so you go down and the Detroit Tigers and uh, we can play this game. You want to go down the the rabbit hole with Detroit Sports. It's uh yeah, it's not not a good situation. Not So the Pistons, as bad as it is, it doesn't seem that bad because you look around, you're like, well, it could be worse. It <laughs> could, could, could be the Lions. Uh, but they are treading water in the kiddie pool, and uh, there's, you know, when you're in the kiddie pool there's a lot of urine. There's a lot of feces in the kiddie pool. It's a bad mix, right? And so now what do the Pistons do? Behind door number one is completely blow the thing up. Number one. I don't like doing that. I don't believe in trusting the process. I don't like that. I like doing it on the fly, which is what the Clippers have done. They've done it on the fly. Otherwise, you're just rearranging the... The, the deck chairs on the Titanic as the old saying goes, right? You're just moving some stuff around, you're dusting up just in case, you know, the water doesn't go in the ocean or the the boat doesn't go in the ocean and all that stuff and sink and all that. But fourteen fourteen straight playoff losses and Dwayne Casey, who seems like a very nice man, very good interview and all that, but uh, he he goes from Toronto where they couldn't get out of their own way and now they've gotten out of their own way. And now he goes to Detroit and now they're like it's like Toronto two point oh. It's like he's he's brought the Raptors karma to Detroit and and he would say, "Well, I'm only I've only been there for a few games doing Casey. I mean, I've only been there for a little bit. I can't get credit for all this other stuff." Uh, I mean, give me a break on that. So, here's what I would do. Trade Andre Drummond. I keep Blake Griffin. I trade Andre Drummond, and I've already worked it out. I got two different trade scenarios, okay? I've done the work for you. First trade, Andre Drummond to New Orleans straight up for Anthony Davis. Now, the Pistons would have to throw in a first-round pick to sweeten the deal. Uh, but that that would be a trade that would work out financially. New Orleans gets something for nothing because Anthony Davis doesn't want to be there and all that. Plus, they get to screw the unibrow over and force him to live in Detroit for a year. So that's a good you know kind of kind of type situation there to get back in Anthony Davis. The other trade is with Dwayne Casey's old team, figuring that Kawhi Leonard exits stage right and goes place for the Clippers or somebody else in the offseason, and he doesn't stay in Toronto, then how about Serge Ibaka and Fred Van Fleet to Detroit for Andre Drummond? That trade would work out financially. Either one of those trades would work out. But the Andre Drummond that showed up, woo Man, uh, here's here's Blake Griffin. He plays for the Pistons. He used to be good with the Clippers, but now he's with the Pistons. Uh, here's Blake Griffin uh, pointing out that uh, he he's trying to find the positives. I think he's trying to find the positives. Yes, maybe.
5: There's always things as a player. There's always things you want to build on. Um, oh, sure. You know, this year, I think I, I, I showed some different parts of my game, um, but there's still uh, a lot of growth that I can do.
2: How about Andre Drummond? What can he do? What the hell's going on with him? He was by the book, cliche guy. He's uh, he said post game. He said, "I just play my game. Everyone's a basketball critic." Is what what uh, Drummond said. Well, I don't think we should be critical at all. I, I think we should celebrate Andre Drummond. I mean, sure, most people look at that as a miserable playoff series, but I think we should celebrate. I don't want to be a critic. I think we should say, you know what, Andre, <laughs> good job by you. Most people will be mortified, but I think it's impressive that you played four games and while you were out there, your team was outscored by almost 100 points. That's hard to do. If you were trying to do that, that would be hard to do. So, no, yeah, again, most people think that's that's terrible, but I say, how about a celebration? Right? How about a celebr Have a big party, at the Copa Cabana, for Andre Drummond to celebrate. All right, out Ben the show on Fox. We say hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas, Solid Gold, Garcia's over there.
4: So the Milwaukee
2: Bucks get the
4: sweep of Detroit.
2: First I heard that
4: sweep since 1983.
2: Yeah, I heard that it's a long time ago. Was that was it? Who was playing for the Bucks? Was that Marcus Johnson, Terry Moncrief? Terry, Terry, Mon, uh, Terry, Terry Cummings. Cummings, Terry yeah. Cummings. Yeah, old school Oof. Milwaukee Bucks. That was at the Mecca. They played I at the, know, Mecca. the Mecca. Yeah. House of Horrors, the Mecca. You didn't want to go I, into the Mecca. I, I was in junior high in 1983. Were you? Yeah. Did you have a, a crazy outfits on? And I was like, there's still, 83 still hanging, like a spillover from the 70s. Like the early 80s was still, people wore a lot of stuff from the 1970s. Did you, Eddie? Did you do From that? the 70s? No. I, I would say no. You, you completely disowned your wardrobe from the 70s when it came time for the 80s? That was it? You yeah, I'm trying on? to
4: think in the 80s what uh, TV show or movie I was probably wearing, some kind of shirt. I don't know. Uh, well, early team. Late 70s. Star A-team, Wars. Star, is that what you War, said? Star Wars yeah, came out. The A team. That's a possibility. Uh, what was the other. Uh, Chips? Knight
2: Rider. Eric Estrada, Chips. No. No. no? Night no. Rider. Uh, Fantasy Island. Was that 80s? <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> that was 80s,
4: That was 80s. No, was I that not, late 80s? I did, ha- I did not have a tattoo uh, t shirt. That was uh, <laughs> <laughs> The plane! The plane! <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: I oh doing old God. guy radio. I they know. Doing I'm just, but, well, it was radio. a long time ago. Yeah, it which was is, a long time Milwaukee long Bucks. Time. How about that? It's a long, Ooh-wee. far, far away. And in 83, I believe the team they played after they got the sweep was the Celtics.
4: Is that so, right? Yeah, it's all well, They definitely it's all lost that
2: game then, yeah. It's all It's all it's together. Serious. Everything's tied together, Eddie. It's was Coop connected. born in 1983? No. No. Wow. did not exist in Coop
4: 1983. Coop was
2: just a, a twinkle in his daddy's eye. Yeah. That's a way to say it. Yes. My parents yeah. hadn't even met yet. Oh, well, wow. Because he wasn't even that. Wow. Yeah, Coop's calmed down, though. The Angel game's long
6: over, yeah, so he he's, lost. Uh, yeah, he's, 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 he's mad. Really lost back serious. into his
2: seat. And, uh, yeah, it's
6: back. He's mad because Traver Cahill had a pinch hit there in the extra innings. Back to reality. He came on the line.
2: He hates the Yankees, does not like the Yankees, does not uh, like them at all.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to
2: complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is.
7: This is Uncanny USA.
1: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed.
7: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin.
4: Wherever you listen. Here
5: we go. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled.
6: Ben, Reggie Bush is joining Fox to do a new yeah! college football pregame show. The Bush Push. That's, That's what they right. call it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> US, USC has said that they uh, reached out to the NCAA about making accommodations in case Bush has to visit as part of his new job duties. They received no response. Yeah. Of course. Ben, do you think the NCAA will ever lift the sanctions on Reggie Bush?
2: No, I do not. I think, first of all, Reggie Bush, his sin was that he was a great college football player who also got paid instead of being a rich celebrities kid who then couldn't actually play sports and was masquerading around as an athlete. Then it would be different. Listen, he got envelopes of cash. His family got paid. They got a house and all that stuff. But yeah, you, you move on with the times. The NCAA is absurd. Yeah, my, The archaic outfit of the NCAA, they were last relevant when the flying Wedge
6: was a thing in college football, uh, but do I see it changing anytime soon? I do not. Next, with the release of the 2019 NFL schedule, comes new opportunities for prop bets. Now, one of those which uh, is, which team will go undefeated the longest? The Patriots are the favorites. Do you agree with the oddsmakers?
2: I don't, actually, and I'll tell you why. Because Tom Brady's going to be 42 years old next season, which means more erratic play. Patriots got off to a very slow start last year. They have no wide receivers. The way the Patriots are designed right now, they're going to be 10-6, 11-5. That means they could lose a game they're not supposed to lose early in the year. I think the
6: Rams are a safer bet. Next! <laughs> 26-year-old Dolphins why would quarterback. Why
2: you laugh at that? The Rams are in the Super Bowl.
6: <laughs> Last year. 26 year old Dolphins quarterback Jake Rudock is competing for the backup quarterback spot. He's doing so while living at his parents' home. Good for him. Save some money. Ben, how yeah. old were you when you moved out?
2: Uh, well, I originally, when I first tried to move out, I was like 19. By the time I actually got out of the house, I think I was 21 years old by the time I finally moved out. But I had a Jewish mother. My mom did not want me to leave. My mom, may she rest in peace, probably wishes I was still living at home. So, uh, but I waited till I was 21. There we go. It's Mallard of the Third Degree. How did we do? You
6: failed for being a that, homer. That is a win. A, I said no to the Patriots.
5: Good How day, dare sir. you. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Now, (laughs) (laughs) Mallard's Mountain of Money. Good lord, that's a lot of money. Do you have what it takes to get to the top? Probably not.
2: All right, right to it we go. We have our matchup. Mike in Toronto is playing with me, Ben. We have Alan in Maine. He's the college kid, and he's playing with Koopa Loop. Who's going first? Is it? Uh, I think it's me, right? Yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, so we have Deshaun Watson is the category, and athletes who wore the number four, I guess, is the way this is being described. All right, you ready, Mike? Ready to go. All right, let's do it. Here we go. Put How much time? 45, 45 seconds. seconds. All right, here we go. All right, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers before Aaron. Correct. Favre. Uh, correct. Quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys right now. Dak uh, Prescott. Correct. Uh, Indiana Pacers star. He was injured in the playoffs, missed the playoffs for Indiana. A, he went to the University of Indiana. Oh, Victor Oladipo. Correct. Uh, quarterback. He's now the coach at Michigan, wears khaki pants, his brother. Correct. Arbaugh. Correct. Kicker for the Colts, 46 years old, former Patriots kicker. Adam there Correct. Uh, Minnesota Twins Hall of Famer. Actually, it was a Hall of Famer from the Brewers. He managed the Minnesota Twins, was let go a couple years ago. Uh, Ron Gardenhire. No, no. Uh, uh, how about a, a small forward? For Paul the, Molitor. Correct. Uh, small forward for the Pistons in the 19 A's, Hall of Famer. Played with the Mavericks. Was traded Isaiah for Mark. No. Oh, it Almost Ooh. got all the way. Good job. 240. Though. Did not get the last one, which was Adrian Dantley. That's what I said, uh, Adrian oh, Dantley. No, it was at him. <laughs> that's good. That's fine. That's uh, before your time. All right, uh, loop you're up. Here we go.
6: All right, Alan, uh, we have Tiger Woods. These are athletes who played on teams called the Tigers. 45 seconds. First and last name, please. Let's go. All right. Uh, he just got traded to the Browns from the Giants. Wide receiver. Uh, um. He went to LSU. Yeah. Um. Okay. Great. Uh, he was. Uh, he's made of glass. He played for the Bulls. He got an MVP with the Bulls, but then he played. Went to the Knicks. He sucks now. Uh. Mm-hmm. Rose. Yes. First name. Um, mm-hmm. Same as Fisher for the Lakers. This is going really good.
2: Derrick Rose. Sorry. Yes.
6: Okay. Uh, he uh, triple crown a slugger for the Tigers. He's a drunk. Wow. wow! All right. Uh, teamed up with... All right.
2: That's pretty <laughs> impressive.
6: It's Not a bad.
4: solid 20. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Miguel Cabrera, Penny Hardaway you at the Derek Rose yeah. you Got uh, Derrick Rose there. It's 240 to 20. are
2: in good shape. Know. Go again, Coop. Okay. You might get to 40. <laughs> all right, Alan. Uh you have Peyton Manning or LeBron James?
6: Do you take your Adderall before studying? Wow.
7: Uh, wow. That's a, low, uh,
6: that's a <laughs> blow, blow. Uh, Peyton, Peyton Manning or LeBron James?
7: Let's go with Ben's favorite, Peyton Manning. Oh, thank you.
6: All right. Yeah. These are athletes who allegedly took illegal performance-enhancing substances. All right. Ready? Begin. Former Yankee. He's uh, getting married to J-Lo. Uh, Alex Rodriguez. Yes. Uh, the Rocket, former pitcher for the Yankees. Uh, Roger Clemens. Yes. Uh, Cycler. Uh, he he's an ass. Lance Armstrong. Yes. Wow, here we go. Um, the Hebrew Hammer for the Brewers. No chance. Uh, <laughs> that's a tough, that's a okay. Um. a Okay. he's the the nephew of Dwight Gooden. Um, he's also kind of a jerk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll skip that one. Uh, actually, uh, baseball, baseball. Uh, but there's no chance we get any of these last three. Oh. You're throwing in the towel. That's a, that's a towel.
2: white flag by Kuba. Uh, that means.
6: Wait defensive end for the Raiders and the, the Broncos. Yeah.
4: Uh, uh, you, the good news is you tripled your uh, points. The bad news is it was 60. Uh, that's a total of 80, and uh, you got blown out.
2: You know, Alan, it's really good when you're you're helping people that have substance abuse to be slow, but on the game show, you got to be fast. Mike, you win a golden ticket, Mike. You won a golden ticket. got a murder. Got to go. Mike and Toronto won.